0: I am excited to be here because I can't honestly say I've ever been in a church in Airdrie. And I'm glad to see so many of you and so many of you working in your community and helping out. Now, I was born in Edmonton, born and raised, and my sister lives in Calgary. And so a number of years ago, she, uh, she moved my parents down from Edmonton to Calgary so that she could take better care of them. And my brother is Mark Lewandowski, who works with the Rosebud School of the Arts. So Calgary seems like a very good place to settle. So after all of this time of moving around and and going to different places, my plan is to settle in Calgary. And God has been so good because many years ago, I had a condo in Edmonton that I rented out, and he gave me renters that stayed there for 15 years. And then all of a sudden, they needed to move. And I was like, ah. In the meantime, God has always been one step ahead of me. And so the condo has sold. And yesterday, I signed a lease, lease, a contract for a new condo in Calgary. And so that has just been a blessing that I didn't even know how to start. So what I want to share with you is the things that I've learned about God's faithfulness. The Lord is good, a refuge in times of trouble. He cares for those who trust in him. And trust is the thing that I think God has been teaching me gradually through my lifetime. And even this thing with the condo was another step of trust because I just didn't know if I was going to have enough money, if I was going to find anything. So you think that you've managed, you're already trusting the Lord in something. There's always something new that he will give you. So this verse comes from Nahum 1 7. And the first thing that God taught me was that he knows me better than I know myself. And you know, there are times when you think, oh, I'm not a sports person. So yeah, I know that about myself. I love music. Or you think, yeah, I'm not a math person. I'm I'm more of an English person. You kind of put yourself into these little boxes and you think you know yourself. Well, God actually knows you better than you know yourself. So the verse is in a Psalm 139, um, which you probably know very well, that whole chapter just talks about how God has made us and how good he is to us. So you have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. And the first thing that happened to me was Um, I knew that I loved God and that I wanted to serve him and I wanted to do something unique with my life. And so I thought, okay, if I become a teacher, then I could do that anywhere. So my first plan was to become a teacher and I knew I needed a bit more Bible because whatever I needed, I was going to have to explain the Bible a little bit better than what I knew it. So that was my goal. And then I was ready to come to the mission field. And God said, no, you need a bit more experience. So I went and I got a bit more experience and I said, okay, I'm ready to go to the mission field now. And the NEB mission board said, hmm, we don't actually have a need for a teacher this year. You know, I, I'm not sure what, you know, we just don't need you. And I went, okay. So then I looked at other mission groups and I wrote to the Association of Christian Schools International. And I said, is there any place that you need a missionary children's teacher to teach the children of missionaries? And they sent back, this is the days of the letters, right, before email. And so they sent back 14 pages of needs around the world for missionary teachers. And I was like, wow, how am I going to decide this one? So I eliminated the physics teacher's And the industrial arts, because I knew that I couldn't do those... And there came in the list there a place in Mexico with the Wycliffe Bible Translators, and it said an itinerant teacher, someone who moves around from place to place, that is working with homeschoolers. And I thought, oh, no, that's a weird bunch. And then I, they said, you know, that helps parents with their learning needs. And I thought, well, I don't know enough about that. I have never specialized in that. So I thought, who in their right mind would want that job? I mean, really, if you're an itinerant teacher, where are your friends? Because, you know, you're going to be playing Barbies all your life. You know, like, when do you actually get to be friends with people? And then I thought, you know, homeschoolers are weird. So that's a whole nother story. And I thought, well, who would want that job? And God just laughed. So he sent me to the Philippines, and I had three years of experience in the classroom there. And then he sent me to Nigeria, and I had four years of experience in teaching in a classroom there. And about the second year in Nigeria, I thought, doggone it, I'm bored. This classroom stuff is all the same. It's the same. It's the same. I'm not sure I really like this. And then that Christmas, went over to a seminar in, in Cameroon, and they were looking for an itinerant teacher to work with homeschoolers who would help the parents. Well, by this time, I had already had a bit more experience. By this time, all those parents were my age, and suddenly those are the people I would have chosen as friends, and homeschoolers weren't that weird. I had learned a lot about homeschooling in the meantime. And God knew I would love this job. I loved that job so much that that's the one that I did for 25 years. It was so much fun being able to go into the jungles and sweat there for about a few, two weeks, and then go back to my home in the hills, which was more like Alberta summer, and then go up into the hills into the north where it was cold, and you sat around the fire for two weeks, and then you come back to the hills, and then you go out into the dry areas, into the sub-Sahara, where there's no water, and then you come back, and you can take lots of showers, and so I was able to go all over Cameroon and be able to spend time with my friends for two weeks each time and be able to teach kids. God knew that I would love it better than I knew myself. That happens a lot. We think, oh God, I can never do that because I'm not that person. I don't like that. I'm sure I won't like that. And God says, trust me, you might be surprised. The other thing I learned is that God makes a way. So in Philippians 4.19, it says, And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Now, through my journey, one of the things that I experienced in 204, was it 204? I don't even remember. I found a black spot on my eye. And I came back to Canada, and we were able, in Edmonton, to be able to do laser surgery. And they looked at it, and they said, yes, it's cancer in the eye. But you came back at the right time. I said, should I have come back sooner? And he said, no, because it's such a pinhead, we would have had to just sit there and watch it. And he says, but if you would have waited another month, we would have had to do chemotherapy. And I went, okay, God. And so they took care of that problem. And I was able to see, and I was cancer-free. Now, two thousand two twenty one, that black spot came back again. And I went, okay, I know this is trouble. I better go get it checked out. And so I did. And they said to me, yes, it's cancer, but this time it's growing behind your eye. And I went, okay, that's weird. And so came here to Edmonton, and the doctor said, oh, I'm not even looking at you. I know exactly who I need to send you to. I had an intern, and he went on after he did his training with me. He went to Europe, and he went to America, and now he is he is practicing. He's, an, he's a cancer specialist for eyes, and I went, okay. And he says, the only problem is he lives in Calgary, and I thought, perfect, because that's where I wanted to be. My sister could take care of me, and so we did surgery there. So praise God, they were able to go behind the eye. I I asked him, I said, so how are you planning on getting this out? Are you going to drill a hole in my head? And he goes, oh, no, no, we're not going to do that. We're just going to take your eye out. And I went, okay, sure. That's not as invasive. All right. So they did remove the eye and they removed the cancer. And they were worried because it was encapsulated, but it was quite large. And they didn't know if they could, if he could get it out in one piece without it bursting. He was scared that it was stuck to one of the bones and it wouldn't come loose, but it wasn't. And he thought that it could have maybe had fingers in the rest of the brain, but it wasn't. God took out that cancer all in one piece at one time, and I am now cancer free. So then I got an artificial eye. So this eye, I cannot see out of this eye. This is an artificial eye. And I had that eye and I went to Romania and I came back and I thought, well, the last few times I was in Romania, I thought something's wrong here. This thing is really loose. I would wake up in the morning and it would be pointing that way. And I was like, oh, this is too freaky. And I was like, no, thank you. And so then one time I was just rubbing my eye like that and the whole thing came out in my hand. And I was like, oh no. And so when I came back to Canada, I said, okay, something's changed here. And they said, oh, yeah, the swelling has gone down. And because you have a different kind of configuration back there, we're always going to have trouble trying to get that eye to fit well. And I thought, yeah, so what's your plan? And they said, well, Alberta government pays for a new eye every five years. And you've only had yours one year. So it's going to cost a lot of money. And I was like, really? Okay. So then I went to a different person in Edmonton and he said, yeah, this thing is no longer fitting. It's not the right shape. This is not going to work. Even if we build it up, which only takes a few hundred dollars, he said, I don't think it's going to fit well. He's And then my sister said, well, I guess we just have to pray for, you know, $300 or $500 to get this done. He goes, if you're doing that, then just pay, pray for $2,000 because that's what the new eye is going to cost. And I went, Well, there goes my retirement. And it was like, huh, I don't know what to do. And it was really, I was just sick. I just thought, God, this is a biggie. How are you going to provide for that? The next day, this man calls and he says, I can't see you surviving with that eye for another three or four years. He said, I'm just going to give you this eye. Just come in tomorrow. $2,000, God provides for our needs. And he's proven that to me over and over again. The thing I learned is that he also takes care of us in dangerous situations, but God is faithful and he will strengthen you and protect you from the evil one. I can't even tell you how many times I've ended up in places in Africa where I've gone, why on earth am I here? This is the wrong place to be. This is the wrong time to be here. And yet God has taken me in safety. In fact, he even takes care of me when I've made stupid choices. You know, sometimes you make something and you go, oh man, this was this was dumb. And then you think, God, I can't ask you to help me because I got myself into this mess and I can't ask for your help. And yet in Deuteronomy, he says, for the Lord, your God is a merciful God. He will not abandon or destroy you. He will take care of you. And I have seen that over and over again. God's timing is perfect. I so often wanted to say, hurry up. I want to get healed. I want to get out to the mission field. I want this to happen. And God would say, wait, wait. I have something to teach you. And sometimes God said to me, Hey, this is not about you. I'm trying to teach somebody else something and you are part of the equation. So I can't let this happen until the other person learns something. So just be patient. It's going to happen. You need to trust me. And God gives supernatural strength. Um, The last two years that I was in Cameroon, I taught at Rainforest International School, and I have never worked so hard in my life. The days were long Yaoundé is stupid hot. You stand and your hair is wet with sweat. It's just running down. And it was so impossible. And yet God gave me strength. I woke up in the mornings energized. I've never been energized at 5.30 in the morning before. And it was so exciting to see how God does that. But the best part is that God loves surprises. He knows us so individually. He knows what makes you happy. And so some days I would wake up and he would show me a flower that nobody else cared about, but it made my day. Or I would see a bird or hear a bird, or I would have greet somebody on the street. I would make somebody smile or somebody would tell a joke. God knows what makes us so very happy. He's an individual God. And I have learned that I can trust him. So I just want to conclude with the video, but the last thing I want you to remember is God is a good God. Psalm 34 says, taste and see that he is good. Blessed is the person who trusts in him. So do you say you trust God? I hope so. But if you really trust him, step out. What's the thing he's trying to tell you? What's the thing he wants to challenge you with that you think you don't have the strength for or the ability or the need? God knows you. He knows you very well and he will do what it takes and provide what you need. Thank you.